0: This is a community where we aim to create a comfortable space that allows for active discussion without judgment. Find us at thecuriousmother.com and follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at thecuriousmother.
1: Welcome back to The Curious Mother. I'm Kristen Daly. And I'm Melissa Miller.
0: And so Melissa, tell me a little bit about what you've been curious about lately. So a few weeks ago, we aired the episode on social media for kids. There was a pretty incredible positive response to that and I've been wondering, maybe we need to talk about social media for moms. Yes, you know, I I,
1: I think that the social media uh, post for kids and then also our back to school one kind of brought up a little bit of discussion between the two of us about how parents use social media. Yep. And we were thinking about, wonder if there's some questions or some ideas out there about
0: how people actually do use or parents use social media. Yeah, Um, and I think I I, I have to imagine most people have a love-hate relationship with social media. Um, I am pretty active on Instagram because I like that. Mm -hmm. I really hate Facebook, and I log on almost never unless I get an email post or unless I want to sell something in one of my selling groups. Uh How
1: about you? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because um, I have – had many folks who've walked away from Facebook, and for some reason, I can't quite bring myself to do it. Um, so, But I am more of a Facebook lurker than I am an active poster. I think I, for a long time, I was a pretty active poster, and it's kind of wound down. Yeah, I love Instagram, I have to admit. It is kind of, it's my favorite, because I just love looking at people's pictures.
0: So yeah, what's the difference, though, for you, Instagram versus Facebook? For me, I think... I'm visual
1: yep, primarily, and so I love visual information. I am one of those folks who only reads like the first two lines of an email and never anything yep. in the body of the email. <laughs> so um, that really speaks to me. But I think the other part of it is particularly in the political season of the last few years, I guess when I think about it, I can remember when I first joined Facebook, which was after I'd had our second. So it was back in 2008. I decided to become active. I decided to join Facebook because I knew that it would be nice to be able to share pictures of the baby, and you know. And so the goal was: this is a way I can stay tuned into my community. I actually was leaving for my predoctoral internship, so it really felt like I was going to need some kind of a lifeline of yeah. a connection to folks and. So I think that that was always my intention. But even back then, I can remember I posted something politically or political, which hadn't seemed like a big deal to me. But I got this huge negative response from somebody who was more of a tangential friend. And I realized,
0: oh, gosh, like every, you know, it's all out there. Right, (laughs) right. You know, and I think I also started using Facebook in 2008. And I didn't get it at the time. I didn't get really... The implications. I didn't get totally how to use it wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and therefore, I feel like I've never loved Facebook like I've mm-hmm. loved Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram is simpler. I've kept Instagram so much smaller. Yeah. So it's not about me wanting to connect with the world. Yeah. It's about me wanting to connect with a select number of people and then um, – interests and hobbies that I can follow. But Facebook did. It gets nasty sometimes. And I just have enough of it when I see somebody's ranting on Facebook Uh or um, posting things that really rub me the wrong way. And sometimes I realize, like, gosh, I might not like you as much as I thought I did. (laughs) It is kind of a funny thing.
1: Like, I have this very bad tendency of just, if I don't know you very well, and and, and they were ribbing me about this in the office the other day because – when I turn on my brain in the clinical world, I'm very evaluative, I'm, very, I'm reading body language, I'm paying attention to word usage, and I am just on. But when I am not in the clinical world, that all turns off. And so I have this very bad tendency of thinking that if you dress like me and you like some of the same bands I like, or (laughs) you like the same activities I like, that we are very similar in lots of other ways. And then I always get a little stunned when I recognize that, oh,
0: we weren't actually all that similar. And sometimes social media is what gives me that insight. There's a lot of good about using Mm -hmm. social media. And then there's a lot of um, pitfalls. yes, And I think it's really important that we talk about kind of this the important role that social media can play for moms in particular, but also kind of that double-edged sword for moms too. Because I think we need, we really need to be savvy about how we're using it and our community. Yes.
1: Yeah, it, there was a 2015 Pew Research study that was looking at social media use, particularly in parents. And they found that about 70, 79% of parents use social media to connect with their community. Wow. And so that is that is a big benefit, right? right. I mean, I'm, I always think about this fact that like, when I first became a parent, social media wasn't out there. Yep. And so when I had a question about teething or I had a question about um, sleep schedules or what kind of formula to use, I was turning to my pediatrician or um, I would. there was one online community, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it, they Was it Baby Center? It was Baby Center, yep. thing, yes. <laughs> and so, but that one even, like that was my first experience with how polarizing even simple things like what kind of formula you should use, like how polarizing those topics could be. And so it kind of felt like being in this weird vacuum. And then parenting with social media, so with both of my daughters, I was then on Facebook. And I will say that some of my... I I really appreciate and treasure some of my parenting groups on social media for the guidance that they give, the topics that come up. I think the one that I've been tracking with the most right now is parenting in a digital world, you know, and I feel like I can never keep up with all of the different routers and settings, and so it's helpful for me to have people discussing it. Yeah, And so I can totally see where 79%
0: of folks would see that benefit. Yeah. I will say that is the one thing I miss about Facebook is that there was some really cool articles and topics posted by friends that I never would have had access to had they not posted it. So I do think it can be a tremendous source of information. Yes. And I really do like that. I think the problem is is that there's also – Um, a tremendous source of negative information posted, too. So as long as you can be a critical consumer, and I have people tell me all the time, like, well, then hide those people who you don't want to receive those things from. But to me, it's a full-time job keeping up with it, and so Mm. it was easier for me to walk away. But I do think I probably need to reconsider how do I really just harness the benefit of getting that information and staying plugged into the groups that I want to be Plugged yeah. Into.
1: Yeah. And so and 59% of the people in that poll said that they actually found really beneficial parenting information through social media. Yeah. So I do think there is some there's some great resources out there. It, You know, obviously, moms are way more active on social media than dads yep. are. I yep. mean, it, it's like two to one. <laughs> So (laughs) us moms, but it kind of goes back to, I I think that women in general are, we are much more intentional about our connection with our community. And this tends to be a little bit of a downfall. I'm uh, often talking to the dads I work with, you know, you have to build those relationships too. And they don't always do a good, a good of a job. And it's funny to think that even in social media, they're they're not doing that
0: they're not building that relational connection right right i'd be interested what we're not talking about here is twitter and i think uh-huh. that that's a whole other platform oh, yes. that i think is a, a little bit um more appealing to dads i yeah. could be wrong about that but it's because it's um i don't know i could be wrong about no,
1: that no i think you're right i think that actually more men use twitter and reddit Yes. And more women are on Instagram
0: and Facebook. Right. Now, I, I,
1: I'm pretty sure that that's actually
0: statistically yeah. relevant. I also think because uh, men tend to share more information mm-hmm. and less personal information on social media sites. So yes. Reddit and Twitter just lend themselves to that. Totally. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about those because I don't like those sites.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and I guess that's where we're going to show our bias because right. <laughs> I, I, I can't figure either of them out, you know. And so um, so it's just been a learning curve. And then the other thing that the Pew Research study found was that forty 42% of parents who use social media were actually able to get social emotional support via social media. So that's kind of like putting it out there. Here's a problem I'm having. And people leaning in, and I think that it's it's good to know that it can be used in that way. Yes, and then it just can get really tricky if it gets overused in that way.
0: Right, right. I mean, I can think of examples where um, uh, kind of a, a high school friend who we're not in touch with very much might post an obituary from. A parent, and yeah. I never would have known otherwise to reach out and offer condolences without this. I don't live locally. I don't read the paper anymore. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of ways. But when, um, y- you know, when somebody is posting a picture of their brand new car, yeah. um, I don't feel super excited to be like, oh, yay for you. But <laughs> well, And
1: it was there um, was a term that has been coined called sharenting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which
1: I have to admit I love this term and you know the idea is that the we are really a generation of parents who share a lot yeah. about what's going on in our kids' lives. Yes. And social media of course has been the perfect vehicle for this. And on one hand I think it's really it can be really helpful, especially when a parent shares we are going through X, Y, and Z and you know that you're going through that as well. Um, it it just it really bolsters people to know that they have a shared common experience. Yes. But then there's the downside to sharenting.
0: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> and they said the um you know, the the main um violation of sharenting is the humble brag. You know, <laughs> and I have to I have to admit, I love this concept, but I don't love it. You know, and that's the whole let me put out my beautiful pictures of our vacation and then talk about how we've been dealing with epic tantrums for the week so that everybody can feel sorry for us right? while we're on a great vacation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I mean, I think we're all pretty aware of if we're – feeling pulled to do a humble brag, right? Like, I I need another good reason to post something about our glorious experience, but I'll make it look like it's more relatable.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's funny because I—I I mean, I think that I definitely have been um, known to humble brag, and so I think that's where I feel like I can be open and speak about it because I know that I have done this, you know. And it's funny because I can think of one post in particular. Um, we went to a really great trip to Mexico this summer, and we had—we first got there, I did not know that Mexico has a rainy season, and we found out we had arrived in the rainy season, and the reason why we found out was it was pouring. And it poured for, (laughs) you know, we had arrived late on a Friday. It poured the entire way. Then all day Saturday it rained. And sometime in Saturday is when I had internet working and I found out about this whole rainy season thing. And then Sunday we finally get to go to the beach. Like there was a break in the rain, and we just busted butt to get to the beach. And we got there, and the beach was covered in sargassum grass, (laughs) <laughs> and and it smelled nasty and was no. covered in bugs. And so I got this very cute yet sad picture of my youngest standing in the sargassum, looking very downtrodden. And to me it was just it Really captured exactly how we were feeling. And of course, it immediately went onto the social media. But I also know that there were probably many people who saw this picture and were like, oh, come on. Right. Oh, poor you <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> I know. Like, and what is wrong with you that you didn't bother to research whether or not there's a rainy season? I mean, I was making, I always like to say, I think that when I'm doing the humble brag, I'm making fun of myself. So therefore, it makes it approachable. Right. 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 But at the same time, what that, picture really is showing is that we are in Mexico, you know, on a really nice trip. So I have definitely been the culprit.
0: I think everybody has been,
1: right? Like, it'd be
0: really hard to think of a time where you haven't done something like that. Of course.
1: But I, and I guess it does kind of come into, um, this understanding of like, what is bragging? Yeah. And maybe, I wonder if the humble brag might even also be a uniquely feminine thing. I had listened to a really cool audio book called How Women Rise and I will say that it's one of the best audiobooks I've I've listened to. And it was talking about the unique differences in how the traits women need to engage in order to develop their careers and how they are very different than the traits that need to be cultivated in men. And part of one of the big challenges that they um, discussed was women don't like to really talk, gloat too much or talk too much about their accomplishments because – We have this sense that it's being boastful and it shouldn't be seen. And, you know, and and we also kind of think that people see us and see what we're doing. Yeah. And don't know that if we don't talk about our achievements and we don't really kind of promote ourselves, that there's often not somebody out there who's looking to promote you. So I wonder if that hasn't attributed a little bit to the humble brag. Like if we feel like we want to share – Right. And we're excited about something, but we know, like, in order to share
0: it, we have to downplay it. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Well, and, you know, we've been talking about the humble brag, but the truth is social media, I see full-on bragging yes. everywhere. And it's one, you know, this is where I have a negative experience with social media, and that I really like seeing incredible places people are going mm-hmm. or n- mm-hmm. incredible experiences they're having. I don't feel a lot of jealousy when I see those things. I really love to see like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's in St. Bart's. Oh yeah. my gosh, that looks like yeah. the most beautiful dinner ever. Yeah. But what I don't like and what I have a lot of my clients struggle with is... People posting their kids' report cards. Oh my gosh. And yeah. saying, straight A's again, we're so proud of her, she's yeah, so smart. Um, yeah. I love that you're proud of your kids. I love that you're excited for them. But I just think about, A, the pressure that that puts on your kids then to mm-hmm. broadcast this to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sets these expectations of, like, oh, I now need to keep up this for my mom mm-hmm. to have something to brag to me, to the world about. Mm-hmm. But other moms, who may may have felt good of their kid being on the B on a roll, and then suddenly they see this, now they mm-hmm. feel like they can't feel great. I, mean, I yeah, it's this very negative relationship that we just don't need to know every accomplishment that yes. your kids are having.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we are hardwired for self-comparison. Yeah. And what is really tricky is prior to social media, our self-comparison, the sphere of people we would compare ourselves to was very small. Very it was small. our neighbors, right. people we knew relationally. Right. And then, think is when you really know someone, you also know that not everything looks perfect, you know. Right. And, and I think the challenge we have now is I can compare myself to a mom in Norway. And I can, you right. know, and I have all of these places I can compare myself and I don't have the depth of relationship to think about – other the challenges picture. they may have. Yep. I you know, I lead a DBT group for parents. And so DBT is a type of therapy that's often used for people who are really struggling with big emotional swings and not being able to manage their emotions well. And to me, the parent group is just it's one of the favorite things I do. And the reason why I love it so much is I love, like, helping parents figure out how to navigate kiddos who have really intense emotions. But I also love the community that they get to have with each other. And one of the things that always comes up in our DBT group is the fact that when you are out on social media, you will see lots of parents who are saying, oh, my kid got into Harvard or my kid did this or latest achievement, you know. But you don't tend to see – The parents who are saying, oh, right now we're struggling with some drug addiction or right Right. now we're struggling with this issue or I haven't been able to get my kid out of bed for five days. And DBT Group is a place where they're all kind of safe to talk about their parenting can be a big struggle. And I do, like, I don't know that social media necessarily is the place to say my kid hasn't gone out of bed for five days. I think that there has to be some kind of a middle ground. And I often will recommend to my parents, like, when they're struggling – Maybe being on social media isn't the place to be because it's going to highlight the struggle. But then that kind of goes back to, but if 42% of folks will actually get support, you know, how do you do that intentionally, right? right?
0: The other problem about this is when when parents are only broadcasting achievements and crowning moments, that closes the door on some of the people in their community feeling like they can talk to them, right? So even if you are close in real life, if you're feeling like, well, she would never understand because her kids just got this – I feel like it really closes this sense of being able to be open. Yeah, yeah. And if we're not dealing with real people in the whole picture and we're only showing this little sliver of of what we want people to see, we don't seem approachable anymore.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I think it's it's funny because I feel like when I have tried to think about posts – my goal usually is to capture my failures and slip ups, and it's funny. I, I mean, it's not because I think that I'm perceived as not having flaws, but I think I deflect them a little bit, or I I like to be able to own the mistakes. And I yeah. find some of the stuff I do to be really funny, like you yes. know. And so I I think that to me that makes it okay to share. Yeah. But I also think it helps to keep this sense of being approachable. Totally, totally. Um. Yeah, there was another... So then kind of the other challenge can be we can go from really bragging about kids to then shaming kids. Right. And there was a case in 2015 that still chills me to the bone where this dad had... um, We don't... You know, his daughter had broken some rules and he wanted to teach her a lesson. And so he cut her hair off and posted this experience on social media and then she killed herself. Yeah. And that whole, you know, I was I, it was just a few years ago and that had really it sent chills through my parent group. It sent it still gets me really distressed to think about. And you know, it goes back to this, we're all doing the best we can, right? And sometimes parents can think that it's a good idea to try to, like, that if kids are being too pompous or too arrogant on social media, that we could use social media as a place to make them feel bad. Right. But what's so hard is that concept of this is a permanent record of everybody right. seeing right. me feeling bad.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I do not think that any parenting should happen on social media. Parenting yeah. is a private thing that happens within your home. and And, and the truth is we have – we need to be aware of the social consequences we are putting out there for our kids, yes. right? So it's, it's one thing when our kids are babies and we think it's really funny to post their messiness or their yeah. grossness or whatever yeah. they're doing. You know, we can ask questions about diaper rash. That's fine. Whatever. But when they get a little bit older and suddenly their parents were connected on Facebook, yeah. um, their friends' parents, I mean, then their friends start to see in their parents' feed or their moms are like, Hey, did you know that so and so did this in her yes. like super embarrassing moment? Like, middle school's awkward enough. High school, you're so worried about what people are gonna know about yeah. you. You might be exposing your kids to backlash that you had no idea just because you're trying to be funny or you're trying to be proud. Yes.
1: Yeah, we have when I when my mother friended me on social media and my mother in law quickly friended me after that, um I went through and I kinda scrubbed my my all my social media posts, just to make sure right. that, you know, I then had this lens of, okay, now this person's going to be reading it too. And it's funny because I do this all the time with my psych notes. Like, so I am always thinking if this client were to read your note, yes. what would their emotional response be? Right. And so I always make sure that anything I put out there I know is fact, and I also know um, would not be hurtful. Yes. And the funny thing is it, I think that we kind of have to have that same lens with our – Our social media posts, particularly with our kids, because that cute little toddler is going to grow into an adolescent. Right. And um, they may not be comfortable with all the stuff that we shared and they may feel really pretty awkward about it. With my son, he has the right to refuse any social media posts. And I've given my daughters the same option. And so going back to the picture I posted of my daughter standing in the sargassum grass, she didn't really like that picture and wasn't sure she was on board with me posting it because she just – didn't like how she looked in the picture. And so we had this discussion before I posted it because she wanted to know why I was going to post it. And I explained to her, I think you look beautiful. Like, I think that this is, you know, just a really good expression of how we're all feeling about the rain and the sargassum. (laughs) And so then she gave her approval for me to post it. But I've really tried to honor not putting anything out there that they're not okay with because they're minors and who knows how they're going to feel about how what
0: I posted Five years from now. Right. I I have seen a lot of um, posts that are rants from mm-hmm. parents. So mm-hmm. things – I guess what I'm saying is I really want to encourage moms not to post when you're emotional. Yeah. Because oftentimes I've seen, particularly from some um, high school friends, that um, – their kids might get off the bus and there might have been a dispute at school. Yeah. Or they're upset with their neighbor or something or the coach. And they will get on Facebook and rant about it. And uh-huh. then you read through the fight that happens online. And it is shocking. Yes. It is jaw-dropping to think that this is a an appropriate platform to resolve issues. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Nor, nor would you want to take a problem that you have with some kids at your child's school online for the world to see. Totally. And what you kind of said about scrubbing your your page, that stuff doesn't totally go away, no. right? <laughs> exactly. Like, if we think that, that it will all magically disappear and people won't see this sometime, it's out there. We're yes. teaching our kids to know that what they put out there will be out there and discoverable for the rest yes. of their lives. It will be for ours, too. Yeah. I mean – I actually think about, like, what, how would I feel if my grandchildren saw my page, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what am I putting out there for the world to see? It yeah. doesn't all need to be perfect, but I want to make sure that it's all appropriate. Yeah.
1: As my network grew, I realized, like, this is a lot more public than I like to think it is. And it definitely changed the way I interact. A lot of people don't necessarily edit themselves. And right. in particular, being behind the mask of the Internet. Yes people actually can be pretty awful. And so there was a 2017 study by Mott Children's Hospital, and they found that 6 in 10 mothers of children ages 0 to 5 had been shamed by other parents on social media. Really? And that just breaks my heart. Right. Because we need community so much, and yet parents will kind of jump on each other about things that maybe they don't even know all that much about.
0: Yeah. Well, and so we need to be very careful then in – It is not our duty because we're online to respond to everybody and share our opinions.
1: No. And maybe thinking about the idea of trying to respond with kindness, you know, it goes back to that. If you don't have something nice to say, maybe you don't say it. You know. I, I what I always think about is we don't really take information from people we don't trust. Yeah. You know, you could tell me my outfit looks terrible and if I don't know you, I'm not very likely to care. But if I trust you then I'm going to care about the information you share. So it is really ineffective to jump into a web platform and try to change the way somebody is handling a parenting issue, particularly from the direction of shame. I don't think many people feel shamed and then say, oh, I want to do this better. Right, right. (laughs) It is not an effective mechanism of change. It's just not. No. (laughs) And then the other thing that I think that probably – moms need to think about is how much do we actually share about ourselves versus how much do we overly focus on parenting in our social media.
0: Right, it really is amazing. I mean, I will say on one hand, especially on Instagram, I like seeing my friends who I don't live near, their mm-hmm. pictures of their families and their kids yes. because um the truth is in my day, I have very little time to keep up with um friends who are out of town, even mm-hmm. friends who are in town. I mean, I work, I'm busy with my kids' activities, I'm tired, I don't spend much time on the phone. I hate talking on the phone. I I do it very, very rarely. So I love to see their pictures, but I also would like to see more of their lives, right? Yeah. Like, we are more than just our kids. Yes. And we need to make sure that our social media picture looks complete.
1: Yeah. I've seen a lot of different articles about how moms disappear from pictures. And part of that is because often we're behind the camera, Right. right. but how important it is for us to be in pictures. And Mm -hmm. it's, I feel, I'm one of those folks who, I don't have a ton of pictures from my childhood and I definitely don't have as many uh, pictures of our whole family together as I would love to have. And so Mm -hmm. I've always really tried to push myself to be in the pictures. Yeah. And it can be hard because sometimes we will look at the picture of ourselves and feel like, oh, that's not the most flattering version of me, you know, or, right. oh, the angle's right. not quite right. We're so <laughs> critical of ourselves. So critical. Yeah. And it's funny how when time goes by, those pictures that we were often very critical of, we can learn to embrace. It's right. really, it's a, a very, it's a, very much an, an in the moment thing. Right. And so it's so important for us to be present. We've got to be able to be in the media at some point. yeah. And then we kind of can go back to Michelle Eichard had a really good instruction that she recommends for kids starting on social media. And I feel like it's a good one for all of us to follow. And the idea is making sure that there's a lot of diversity to the pictures you post. Now, yeah. she kind of had, you know, 10% should be all of these different things. And I think it's kind of a choose your own adventure. It can be however you want it to be. But it is really good to think about how diverse are the items that I'm posting, or is it kind of a one-note account?
0: Let's go over the 10 different things that kind of make up the complete portfolio. Um, My favorite two that I think I'm um, pretty good at posting a lot are pets, Um, although it's pets and family and her her thing, um, and food. I love taking pictures of
1: food. (laughs) I am wholeheartedly
0: behind that.
1: Now, it's interesting. She recommends posting about having fun with friends. And I will tell you that that is the least likely post for me to make. Agreed. And that is just because I am one of those folks I can definitely get stuck in the FOMO of feeling left out of things. And there have been so many times on social media when I have seen a post of – a great dinner party or this lovely night out and I know I wasn't included and it can be it is so irrational because I can say to myself you don't even know them all that well it's not like they were like oh you know we really need to include Kristen in this. (laughs)
0: But I I think everybody has that FOMO, right? We all hate to be left out of something or we wish we were there. Yes. Um, So I do think it is a good rule of thumb. If there is a great, you know, occasional pictures, of course. It doesn't mean never. But it just means um, sometimes just share the pictures within the group of who was there. Yeah. You know? We don't have to put everything out there that we're doing. Do you?
1: I, I will always do, like, the fitness things. And that's kind of my like to me my safe place of having fun yeah. with friends, um, but I yeah you probably will never see me post about a dinner party or any party because it's just it's not my thing. I don't right. ever want to, I, and I know I think part. Of it, Part of it's being a grown-up with ADD. I feel like chances are I will miss somebody. <laughs> and so I never want that kind of accountability.
0: Right. And I just like to keep those pictures to myself. Right. I also agree. I have the fear of I never want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yes. And it's so much easier now that I'm, what, 25 years removed from high school. My high school group of girlfriends that still gets together for a weekend is pretty established that it's the five of us. Yes. You know, I'm not hurting anybody's <laughs> feelings anymore. Same with my college girlfriends. Like, it's pretty established that we're not going to hurt anybody else's feelings. We know who the group is. I know.
1: I still might look at them and think,
0: oh, why am I not?
1: (laughs) But that's a whole other episode. (laughs) She also recommends posting about hobbies and interests. And I think that this is really critical. This goes back to who are you, not who is the mom part of you. You know, we talked about emotional well-being and how important it is to have a lot of different roles in your life and so I think it can be good to look at how much do you let those roles
0: be something that you include in your social media right right I'm looking at the rest of the list here and it looks like um, we've got some inspirational pictures um, sharing or asking for information personal causes which I just love um, and making sure that only 10% are selfies. I know. Now, I'm not sure this applies to maybe our generation as much, but I think the younger generations yes. are pretty guilty of having the majority yes. be selfies. Yes. So just to keep that in mind. I know. I still want to
1: go to a class where somebody can teach me how to do, like, the right um, face for a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, sometimes I need to post my catalog of really horrible selfies. I agree. I
0: think it's the most awkward thing in the world to take a selfie. You yes. can always tell when I'm taking one because my neck muscles are flexed me in too. really strange ways. I know. I, we
1: always laugh. Like, there's something in me that when you point a camera at me, I put on the craziest facial expression ever. And so I think, I mean... 10% selfies, that might be a good stretch. Um, she also said only about 10% humorous. And so that's, I think I, I definitely miss that because I probably am doing a lot more. <laughs> Although
0: I I, I I say if you have more humorous, those are the things it's I okay, like right? to Like <laughs> right. We're going to support each other. In that. I think the big takeaway that we all need to remember is that we are creating a digital footprint. What yes. we put out there is not going away. And we need to remember that our kids are going to continue to grow every day and at some point might not be happy with what we are putting out there. And we just need to be aware of how we're affecting other people with our posts in a good way and a bad way.
1: Yeah, I. I little sidebar. We went on a big family trip when I was a teenager. And my dad happened to capture a picture of my younger brother peeing in the Swiss Alps and it is the funniest picture and it has stayed in the family album for forever and my brother is now he's turning 40 this November and to this day hates that picture (laughs) and so I always think about that like I think it's probably been helpful that I've had that example growing up because you don't want to have the picture be the thing that drives the kiddo crazy and it is hard because I think I'm I love that picture of my brother. I think I'm sure my parents love that picture of my brother. Um, but the fact that he doesn't means it probably should be allowed to not be in the album. Right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> This this whole talk is making me feel like, oh, I really want to go back and look at both my Instagram and Facebook Mm -hmm. page and see what's on there. Yeah. And make sure that I'm comfortable with what's on there and just have a very different lens going forward.
1: Yeah. I think it would be a really interesting exercise. So we're going to give you this challenge. Mm. Go through your social media. Just you can pick one account. And look at how am I doing with representation? How yes. evenly spread out are my interests? Am I showing hobbies? You know, how often am I posting about food? How often am I posting about family or pets? Um, how much am I asking for information? Yes. I think it can even be interesting to look at what persona – does my social media create you yeah. know it, how much does this actually match who I am right. versus how much is this something that
0: I'm putting out to the world as a persona right and then the you brought this up earlier I think the biggest question is is that persona kind yeah right? like if we could all just try really hard to be kind on social media um I think it would would make a big difference
1: yeah I think um you know, Melissa and I both have struggled with the idea that we should be technically kind of trying to market this podcast via social media and our are, are not being overly engaged with social media maybe puts us at a little bit of a disadvantage <laughs> but I think we're willing to take that we we kind of both agreed that we would much rather have the podcast maybe grow a little bit slower even though we're you know not as out there just because that's not who we are right right thank you so much for joining us today
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Curious Mother. Learn more at www.thecuriousmother.com where you will find resources related to episode topics. Please join our community and add your voice. Follow us on Instagram at The Curious Mother. Thanks for listening.